I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Tuesday, May 24th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, it, it's night and day with the the Guardians offense came into Houston last night and just hit the ball all over the ballpark. And, uh, you know, Tristan McKenzie was phenomenal. Uh, seven innings, three hits, one run, and uh, the Guardians get out of uh, Monday's game with a 6-1 to one win. Uh, I don't think uh, anybody saw that coming, uh, holding uh, Houston's offense down to to one run. Yeah, McKenzie was, uh, he just pitched, he, he was really on top of his game, uh, you know, strong from the first pitch to the last. And, uh, of course, Jose Ramirez, you know, continues to drive this offense. And I think maybe they just needed to get under the roof, Joe, and get out of the weather. Well, I'll tell you what, right now it's, it's a little bit rainy and a little bit gloomy here uh, this morning uh, in Houston. And it's kind of nice to, to wake up and, and open up the windows and see that it's rainy and, and still know that we're going to play a game tonight, no matter what. Uh, you know, the roof was closed last night. Uh, I, I believe it was Altuve. There was a, there was a pop fly early in the game yesterday when, um, uh, you know, almost scraped the roof. Yeah, it was Altuve. He hit one up into the rafters, and I saw um, Ahmed Rosario and Miles Straw coming together uh, close to left field there. And it was all, all of a sudden uh, Straw just sort of took over because, you know, he played a couple hundred games in this ballpark. So he knows, uh, he knows a thing or two about catching balls up in that, uh, in that roof. Uh, he took command, got the ball, and uh, it was just real interesting to see uh, Miles Straw, what, six putouts last night uh, in center field. A uh, nice little homecoming for him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <clears throat> he got, you know, they played what? They had a video uh, presentation for him before the game. Uh, and Michael Brantley lined out to him, what, three times? Something like that. Yeah, it was uh, – that, that was really the uh, – the, the story of the game was they were making hard contact. Uh, they, they hit the ball in the nose a couple of times, but it was right at people. Uh, Michael Brantley lined out a couple of times. Uh, there was a, a, a nice ground ball pickup by uh, Andres Jimenez on a, a ball up the middle uh, that he made a play on in the, in the seventh inning. Uh, I'm telling you, that's, that's the formula for how the guardians need to win games you know, get an early lead, let your pitcher settle in. And, and Tristan was phenomenal. Uh, you know, a couple of big strikeouts to end innings. And, and you know, uh, just he looks right now every bit of, uh, you know, just a confident young starter. Yeah. And uh, what? In uh, May, he's 3-1 and one with a 2.05 ERA, Joe. Six earned runs, 26 in the third innings. 20 strikeouts, 157 batting average against, and six uh, six walks. Six walks in uh, 
nearly 30 innings. That's not the guy we saw last year. No, not at all. And even that one loss that that he did pick up, I believe he went six innings in that game and, and put put himself every one of his outings has been a, a quality start so far in, in the month of May. Uh, certainly putting himself in position to at least be considered for uh, pitcher of the month uh, in 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 the uh, in the month of May. Uh, you mentioned Jose Ramirez uh, again. Another uh, we're going to start calling this the Jose Ramirez special. Uh, a night where he has multiple RBIs multiple extra base hits and, you know, something like a home run or a triple or a double. He had a double and a home run last night. And every time he came to the plate with runners on base, he, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Yeah. Four RBIs. He throws in a stolen base. Uh, like you pointed out in your gamer today, uh, he's leading the big leagues in RBIs with 41 um, and just an extra base machine. And even though, you know, he's, he's not this, you can't compare what he did in April to this month. You know, he struggled a little bit at the plate, you know, when, when they need something, when, when they, when they're in the middle of a rally, he's usually at the center of it. And uh, he's usually generating, you know, the big hit or he's setting the table for somebody or he's, you know, pushing the envelope. It's uh, it's fun to watch him play. And I was thinking about this, Joe, of all the great players, we've seen in Cleveland and covered in Cleveland and written about in Cleveland, almost all of them have always said, you know, I'd love to stay in Cleveland. And, and we've, and we've always seen how that ended up. They, you know, we're waving goodbye to them either through a trade or free agency. And this is the one guy that stayed. And, you know, you wrote something for Sunday's paper about uh, how, you know, we, you know, Cleveland really should appreciate Jose and his the commitment he made and obviously the commitment the uh, franchise made to him but he's the one guy that stayed yeah that's uh it's it's sort of like he's also the one who doesn't talk the most you you, you get it I don't know if that has anything to do with it but I guess Manny Ramirez didn't talk a lot either He, he didn't have a lot to say but you know Jose lets his personality and his his uh sort of all of that show through in the way he plays and the way he carries himself. Uh, I think that one of the best moments of the year already so far was probably one of the most painful for him uh, that it was when he got hit uh, last week in the, or when he, he fouled the ball off of his knee uh, so badly that he went down to the ground. And uh, I remember this because his helmet stayed on. That was amazing in, in the first place. He, he, he went down to the ground and, and he's writhing on the ground in pain. Uh, but when he got back up, you could see the moment he decided, okay, I'm going to stay in this game. He, he sort of straightened up his back and he did his little strut back up to the plate. And, and that was it. And you knew he was going to get a base hit after that. Yeah. He singles uh, in the right field. Uh, just, uh, you know, he's, he's an interesting guy. He's a fun guy to watch. And, uh, and uh, I think he, you know, obviously, you know, we've had guys, you know, that, you know, uh, you know, Frankie Lindor, flashy player, you know, always said the right things, you know, kind of a media darling. And uh, we've had other guys, uh, you know, Albert Bell and Jim Tomey and and Manny Ramirez, like you were saying, Sabathia and Lee, you know, pitchers, hitters and, uh, you know, that have all really said the right things at the right times about staying in Cleveland. And this guy, this guy really, like you said, he doesn't say a whole lot, but he likes it here. You know, it's obvious he likes it here. He wanted to stay here. He made that deal happen. And, uh, you know, here he is. And I think it's 
we should enjoy him. You know, Paul Dolan kind of gets ripped for saying, enjoy Franz Francisco Lindor, Lindor while he's here. Well, you know, he kind of stepped up to the plate and said, enjoy, uh, enjoy uh, Jose Ramirez because he's not going anywhere for the next seven years, Joe. Right. Yeah. That, that, and that, that's a lot of fun. You know what? I, I, I'll say this. Every city that we go to when, uh, you know, the, the local media in Houston comes in to talk to Terry Francona before the game, you know, every time they ask about Jose, somebody tries to pose it in a, in a, in a new way. Just like, you know, what can you say about how good Jose Ramirez is? And, and Tito always tries to, you know, give pretty much a stock answer. He says, you know, the kid is one of the best players in the game. His, he, his, his response, it's always, it, it, it's very much a, a canned answer. And that's not to, to fault Tito in any way uh, because he's been asked that question so many times by so many different people, but uh, you know, I, I, you really get the sense of how much Tito appreciates Jose's whole game. It, you know, the way that he studies the game from the end of the bench, the way that he runs the bases, the, the little intangibles uh, it's, it's gotta be one of the, you know, real joys of Tito's, you know, at this stage of Tito's career to be able to write his name in the lineup every day. Yeah. Like he said last night, he's a joy to watch. And, uh, I don't think he's lying about that. Yeah. I'll, I'll also say that, uh, Michael Brantley is probably one of Terry Francona's favorite players that he's ever, uh, managed and been around and he's been around some pretty great, great players and great guys. Uh, but you know, just hearing some comments, uh, in and around the, the, the ballpark uh, yesterday as, you know, every time you, you, you see Michael Brantley again, uh, you, you can't forget what he's meant to and what he's done for this franchise and, and Tito in particular. So they, they've spent a lot of time together. And, and like Tito says, it's like it, just because the uniform changes doesn't mean we're not still fond of them, uh, the different players like that. Uh, we just hope that they don't have success against us. And, and that's exactly what happened last night. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he, you know, Brantley probably when you look at all those free agents and all the guys they traded away and let get away and let walk away, he's probably the guy that in, in different circumstances, they probably should have kept, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, when you look at Brantley, you know, he's had success with, uh, Houston. Um, but you know, in his, you know, at the tail end of his stay in Cleveland, we didn't really get to see a bunch, you know, he was hurt. So he missed almost two years, maybe a little more with that shoulder injury. And when he finally came back to full health, his final year before free agency, you know, that was, that was it. And he was gone, but that's probably, I bet you, if you asked, you know, Francona or uh, Antonetti or, or Chernoff, even Dolan, I bet uh, that's the one guy they wish they would have held on to. Yeah. It, it's like that, that beginning of his like late career prime was that, that last year in Cleveland. And then he just sort of, has been that consistent performer here every year in, in Houston since then. Uh, and and it, it's, it hurts to sort of look over there and see, you know, you know, three, four line drives a game and thinking, boy, that could have been 33% of our, of, uh, of Cleveland's outfield for the last how many years, if, um, if, if, if he had been able to work something out and stick around and, and you know, you know, I don't blame him one bit uh, no. for going. No, so. I mean... <clears throat> That's Those guys got to go. They got to make their money and they got to, you know, it's <laughs> you work hard to become a free agent. And then it's, you know, then it's your decision. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, so last night uh, they, they, they open up the series, open up this road trip with a win. Uh, you've got Tristan McKenzie out there. Now you get uh, Zach Plesak heading out for the the middle game of the set Tuesday. Uh, they they really did seem to take advantage of Luis Garcia last night, and you know they get who uh, Fram, Framber Valdez tonight, another young, talented pitcher. Uh, were you surprised at the way Houston's infield uh, played defense yesterday? That they they opened up the door a couple of times. Yeah, that was interesting. Uh, you know, the the pitcher, of course, throws a double play ball away. Garcia leads to a big inning. And then there was another error in there where, uh, you know, the young shortstop tries to make the uh, Robbie Alomar double play, tag him, and then throw him the first – throw at the first base and threw wild. And uh, Ramirez, you know, made him, you know, kind of hustle down the line, probably right. put some pressure on him right there. And uh, it just – you know, it can happen to anybody, Joe, even as, you know, they – They've been playing great defense, as you pointed out. Yeah, that was, uh, I believe they entered the game far and away the best uh, uh, defensive um, uh, team in, in baseball, uh, according to, or in the American League, according to uh, Fangraph's uh, defensive runs above average uh, metric. But it, yeah, it, you're also, you also got to remember they're playing with, you know, a, a rookie in center field, a rookie at shortstop. So, uh, you know, the, their offense and their lineup are, are, I think, a little bit better equipped to protect some of those mistakes that those young kids make. And they, they can live with those a little bit more than, you know, if the Guardians makes, uh, make similar mistakes like that, pretty much the wheels fall off the cart and that game goes, goes right down the, uh, you know, right down the hill uh, if it goes the other way. So Tito said in his post game, he's like, you know, we always talk about having to make the plays like that because if you don't, you're, you're not going to be able to win. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, it goes hand in hand with good pitching and, uh, you know, which uh, Cleveland has shown, but you've got to play defense behind your guys and uh, and you've got to make those plays. And those are, you know, basically pretty routine plays. You know, they see them in, in spring training practicing, you know, the comebackers to the mound and starting a double play, a one four one six three double play all the time. And that, you know, Garcia just, you know, let that ball go. It got away from him. Yeah, last week when Trevor Steffen made a big error and threw, uh, threw the game away, uh, I, I believe the next day uh, we, they were out there, Johnny Mack, and the, uh, the infield was uh, going through uh, pitcher fielding practice. You don't normally see it during the, the season, but all the pitchers are lined up in the field, fielding uh, ground balls, throwing to second base, throwing to third base, uh, you know, trying to stay sharp. And that's just, I don't know if it was necessarily a punishment but it was a, a, a way to get everybody out there and get them all moving around and uh you know tito said that, that carl's stressing fielding your position with the um with the the pitchers as well yeah and i think uh you know i was listening on uh listening to the game last night and they also said that was there's more of it there's going to be more of an emphasis on pitchers holding runners you know the relievers holding runners i guess you know because We've seen, uh, we've seen, uh, you know, some, some of the opposition, you know, run a little more freely, mm -hmm. you know, forcing uh, the running game, stealing bases and uh, getting really good jumps on the catchers. 
Yeah, and I believe in Sunday's game, they they, they actually pitched out for uh, the first time in that I can remember, maybe the first time all season. But that was in a game, a situation where they were anticipating a squeeze bunt. So, uh, yeah, it, they did mention that there's uh, there's a little more emphasis on and that. And we knew that was going to be the case this year because of uh, just the youth on the staff and on the roster. Uh, I wanted to mention Luke Maley, speaking of catchers, uh, on base four times, uh, a walk at three hits. Uh, that, that, that offense from the number nine spot in the order uh, from the catcher's position, not something we're used to seeing here so far in 2022. Yeah, just a really big game for him. And I like, uh, you know, it looks like Maley is kind of, uh, is he McKenzie's personal catcher now? That's He seems to get in the lineup almost every day, every time when McKenzie uh, – is pitching and they seem to work really well together. They, they do seem to work really well together. I don't, I, and I'll ask Tito, uh, you know, before today's game, if, if that's the case, uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll deny that even though the circumstantial evidence is there, but it also could be just because, you know, McKenzie hasn't really pitched on a, a regular five day rotation because of all these rainouts and delays and everything. Yeah. He's only pitching really once every seven days or so. And, and that's got to be messing with the young guy as well. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's also the fact that you've got to get Austin Hedges a break. He can't catch every inning. Right. I was just wondering, <clears throat> what did you see of uh, McKenzie uh, last night, Joe? What was working for him? What, what, what was, you know, why was he able to dominate the uh, Astros like he was? Well, it, it, it starts with being in the strike zone with his fastball, which, which was, I thought his fastball ticked up a little bit last night. The, the velocity might not, the, the numbers might not have been, you know, uh, you know, season highs or anything like that. But I think there was a, you know, Tito said there was a good ride to it in the zone. So the ball would sort of, you know, move in the strike zone after, uh, you know, a hitter commits to it. And then, uh, you know, once he established that he was, you know, able to spot his fastball, he uh, he, he was dropping curveballs on guys. And and he really uses his curveball as his off-speed pitch now. It's the slider that he uses as a, as a swing and miss, like a, a breaking pitch. The curveball he uses to get guys off of his fastball. And then he'll go and, and use the uh, the slider as a wipeout pitch. So uh, all three were working last night. All three were were really sharp. And, uh, and he was good, even in a situation where, uh, you know, he, he wasn't getting a couple of strike calls. I, I, I tweeted about one, you know, he got Jose Altuve at, uh, at one point, I believe it was the third inning. No. Uh, yeah, it was the third inning. He got Jose Altuve, uh, two, two, and he dotted uh, a fastball at the knees on the outside corner and, and he didn't get the call. It was, uh, the, the home plate umpire, Dave Rackley, uh, didn't give him the call. He comes back. He throws him a slider. Altuve fouls it off. He throws him another slider, and Altuve grounds into a, a 5-4-3 double play to end the inning. Uh, I think in the past, and, and we've seen, Tristan McKenzie has said things like, you know, the moment was overwhelming, uh, you know, the, the, the famous line from him last year. Yeah. Uh, you know, that moment might have overwhelmed him in, in, in previous years, but – uh, didn't get the call, came back, executed his pitches, and and got the 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 end result he was looking for. Yeah, I could tell. Um, you know, his his fastball looked like it was jumping, kind of right at the strike zone. It was really, it had some like uh, good carry to it. It looked like it was like really kind of jumped up on the hitters. Yeah, that was, uh, and that's what 
you know, he has to have that life to his fastball because, you know, he doesn't throw a traditional changeup. He doesn't throw a, a splitter or anything like that. So, you know, when his movement is pretty much all in a, a similar direction with the slider and with the curveball, he's, he's got to, he's got to be able to throw something to get hitters off of that fastball. Uh, if they don't respect it in the first place, because it can get on top of them, then, then they're just sitting back and, and teeing off on them. Uh, and, and we did see that he's going to get hit hard. He's going to give up hard contact because he doesn't get a lot of swing and miss, but you know, that's that, he was effective and he has been effective for the last, you know, really four or five starts. Yeah. And, and just uh, the way the whole rotation is kind of falling in line now, you know, they're really getting, you know, solid starts, consistent starts from everybody in that rotation. Uh, and, and we'll see if uh, police can carry it on tonight. Yeah. I think in the grand scheme of things, as we look at the big picture of the season, uh, this is where we're going to be able to point to and say, look, not having uh, having a shortened spring training and having to ramp these guys up and be careful with them early in the year really did sort of bleed into the first month, month and a half of the season. But once that, you know, middle of May sort of hit, the, the rotation just sort of clicked. And this is where we expected the rotation to be sort of uh, unreasonable to think that they would be this way uh, out of the gate. But now that they've gotten here, uh, it's it's exciting to see, you know, now you come to the park every every day instead of instead of one out of every five days, you come to the park every day looking forward to the starter and what he can do. Yeah, definitely. It, it sets a good tone for the ball club, uh, gives confidence to the offense. And uh, now they know, you know, you don't have to score 10 runs, hopefully every night to win. Well, they won't anyways. We know that. So. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, Framo got a hit. Framo hit another ball that I thought off the bat was going to be way out of the ballpark, and it winds up on the track uh, in left field uh, last night. I'm telling you, if if anybody has a complaint about the baseballs, it's Framo Reyes. And this is a guy who last year in spring training, when these when the rumors of you know yeah. the, the dead baseballs, he he sort of that was a great light. He sort of looked. He's like. Wait until Framil gets a hold of one of them. So, but it, it, it's now it's ringing true. It's like these these balls are are dying on the warning track. I I gotta believe uh, you know Framil Reyes has to send a a formal letter to the commissioner saying you know what the hell are you trying to do here? <laughs> I wonder you know I wonder if it's gotten into you know kind of leaked into Framil's you know conscience if he's if he's thinking about it too much. You know, that would be a good question uh, to, to see if uh, Fran Mill is worried about the ball or if he's just worried about his swing. You know, I've, I've had exactly that same thought uh, in, in pregame. It's just I'm, I try to figure out a way to formulate the question without making it sound like you're trying to tell the guy, hey, you yeah. know, why, why do you only have warning track power? Because don't forget, you got to stand five feet away from the guy <laughs> when you ask that question, and I don't run real fast. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, Hoinsey. Uh, again, we've got Framber and uh, Zach Plesak tonight. Uh, should be a fun one at Minute Maid Park. We'll, uh, we'll check in again with you uh, tomorrow here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.